Oh god, did I just get into a fight with the editor of Shoujo Beat? Mm, maybe. I already did that one. I'm done with that. <laughs> I've done that before too, but... Okay, good, it looks like I have not. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Manga in Your Ears, everybody. Uh, the music you just heard was from the currently running anime, Oh Maidens Near Savage Season, which we will be talking about later in the episode. I like to refer to the series as Oh Savage Maidens, and you guys will very soon find out why. But first, we are going to be talking about the Clamp series, Legal Drug. Uh, I, I've read Drug and Drop, the sequel-ish thing to it. Corey, April, did you guys have a chance to read that as well, or just the original three volumes of uh, Legal Drug? I'm pretty sure I've read the first volume of Drug and Drop, but I reread uh, Legal Drug today, so it's a little more fresh in my memory than, than Drug and Drop. But I'm pretty sure I've read the first volume of that. Uh, nope, I don't think I knew of Drug and Drop's existence until I googled Legal Drug. Yeah, Wikipedia is telling me there's two volumes. I'm not sure the second one's even been published in English, since Legal Drug has had a very tortured publishing history. I think that this series went through, like, three magazines closing on it before Clamp just put it on hiatus after three volumes. And so Drug and Drop is less of a sequel and more of a continuation. I think that one is also having magazine problems. In addition to the usual, Clamp just keeps canceling their series issues for the moment. <laughs> Which is a shame, since this one started out as something very much in uh, Clamp's wheelhouse. It's the story of primarily two young men, you know, they're like 19-ish, I'd guess, you know, somewhere between teenager and actual adult. We have Kazehaya Kudo and Riku Okimura. The latter rescued the former when he was lying in the snow one night since he's sort of run away from home. Both of them have dark, mysterious backstories involving strange powers, you know, weird family situations and the whole series is you know rather mysterious about it and hinting at greater things which haven't really paid off yet since again only like three or five volumes depending on how you count this uh by this point i think that we are all very seasoned clamp clamp readers by now so how did you guys enjoy this expecting a clamp series when you went in Mm, i like this one but it feels kind of like I guess there's an overarching storyline, but you don't really see it yet. Um, so I like the two main characters and like the different jobs that they go on um, and the different things that they do. But it just doesn't feel like there's a huge plot to it besides like them both having a mysterious past and being tied to these mysterious women that we haven't quite figured out who they are yet. It kind of reminded me of... Um, Oh gosh! Oh, of antique bakery, just because you have this this group of <laughs> this group of men, except this time they're in a drugstore. Um, but the, the overarching plot, I don't really see it yet, and it doesn't actually really bother me. I just like the characters. But as far as like a a plot that pushes the thing forward, I haven't really seen it yet. Corey, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I thought this manga was all right. Um, I am not actually that seasoned in Clamp. Um, I think when we talked about. Kagabu Sakura, that was the first thing that I read from them. I've watched uh, Hologan, Wait, Zub- 
Hawk and Tsubasa. <laughs> uh, and Kakarot oh. Sakura, but like I, I never really read that much of Clamp. Um, so reading yeah, this, we might I, just have to do Magic Knight right here for the hell of it at this point. To go back to like some of the points before Clamp just sort of <laughs> stopped being able to write stories. I, I am just a very salty Clamp fan, guys, because I, I started getting into manga and everything when Subasa was publishing. Like right around when Subasa just took a turn for the bad writing and just never Yeesh. recovered from it. Uh, yeah, well, uh, at least the part that I read or I watched of Subasa in the anime was enjoyable, and it, this legal drug seems along the same lines of uh, anything else I've seen of Clamp, where uh, both way fewer twins and missing eyes <laughs> and missing arms. But there is a, a like random power that this guy has that is really unexplained and uh, very con- confusing in its insertion. Uh, if it weren't a Clamp series, like it being a Clamp series, of course, it's just like oh, it's Clamp, whatever. But. Uh, Otherwise, it's just like, yeah, these are enjoyable stories about the these two guys doing stuff against against their will, and maybe for their <laughs> for their will being paid to do this. I don't know. It's, it's a combination of paid guilt and blackmail. Yeah, so. yeah, that's that's, that's <laughs> your mileage Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's cool. I didn't hate it. I wouldn't say <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I remember I definitely liked it back in the day, but that's when we thought it was going to continue more quickly than it did and so I've gotten a little quieter on it over the years and by the time Drug and Drop released I started reading it and I was like hold on I need to reread everything it's been too many years <laughs> and in case anyone is keeping track yes this one does have some crossovers of other series it definitely crosses over of Holic at one point which means it is also crossed over with Kobata which means by extension it's also crossed over with Wish <laughs> so oh. we've got a little miniverse going on over there the clan verse clan has many verses that's just, that's the alarming thing <laughs> but yeah so um or at least that was the saddest when I read the manga. XXXHolic has done some weird shit as of late, so maybe that was negated. <laughs> I don't know. I did like this series. Um, if people are okay with like a very vague, open ending, quote-unquote, then I could easily recommend this to somebody who enjoys Supernatural series and doesn't even have any familiarity with Clamp much more easily than some of their other series, like Gate 7 which is another Supernatural series, but that's that's an obtuse one. Yeah. I'm not sure they know what they're doing with that one. <laughs> <laughs> that, or I really need to read it with, like, a Japanese history book right next to me. Yeah, that one was a little rough. <laughs> yeah. I'm mad about that one, too, but for other reasons, so... Yeah, I agree with that this is um, easily digestible for someone if they aren't a Clamp fan. Uh, or haven't read much Clamp at all. This doesn't have any of the overt crossovers like with some of the other stuff that I've seen. Um, and it's, it's short enough, and uh, as long as you go in with the expectation that you're not going to get an ending, but you're going to get some enjoyable stories, and those stories will have endings, but this manga will not have an ending, then uh, you, should, <laughs> you should have fun with it. Oh, I'm looking at Wikipedia. Wikipedia says that... Kazaihaya and Rikuo are 17, not 19, which makes sense, since God forbid you have an actual adult character in these series. Oh. They do say and that. It's also, and it's also yeah, dropping some spoilers that. to me that even I didn't know. What? They say that, like, Rikuo is the, the naive-ish one, mm-hmm. or is that the other one? No. That's Rikuo is the dark brooding one. Oh, okay, no. Kazaihaya is the one who could um, do a very convincing crossplay without much work. Kazaihaya, he's, he's the one that mentioned, like, when they went back to high school, how he never went to high school. Or school mm-hmm. at all, maybe? I didn't really understand what they <laughs> yeah. were saying. I was reading the Tokyo Pop versions, too, so this is like... Ugh, man. It's a little rough sometimes. 
Yeah, I had the Dark Horse Omnibus. It had a few color pages in it and all of that. And it advertised a drug and drop in the back. So... Yeah, yeah, I read the Tokyo Pop versions because this was at the point when Tokyo Pop still existed when I bought the volumes. <laughs> well, they exist now, don't they? Mm. You're not going to mention the song that it's Tokyo Pop. Yeah. <laughs> Coming back. I just want to make sure that my eyes weren't like deceiving me in the bookstore. I'm like, they're, they're somewhere. <laughs> oh, no, you, you were right. They are just... Stu Levy has made many bad choices in his life. <laughs> yep. One of them is adopting the pseudonym DJ Milky for some of his titles. <laughs> anyway, uh, I would like it if this series ever got a proper continuation and Clamp was just able to tell it to whatever end they have in mind. And we could just, you know, have it done, know where we stand, you know, come to opinions about whatever weird twists are going to get thrown out here since, like... It's sort of implied that both Kazehaya and Rikuo are haunted by dead ladies and their families, and it's like, this is making me very mm. uncomfortable. Like, this could go so badly, and I kind of expect it to. I just want it to actually happen so I can have an opinion on it. <laughs> so did we ever get the second volume of Dragon Drop? Because I have the first one. Did we get another one? Wikipedia is telling me there's two volumes. I have no idea if Dark Horse put out the second one, because A, your regular print schedule, B, it is Dark Horse, and they are kind of bad at this whole manga business. Uh, I don't know. I guess I could look. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> there is an entire section for crossover other clamp works, and it's shorter than I expected. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it actually exists. It actually came out. I just don't have it. So maybe I'll actually finish it up. Huh. Finish it up as maybe much as you I'll can. Buy. Yeah, as much as, as, much <laughs> as I can. <laughs> All right. So do you guys have anything else to say about this shortest sh- series? Um, it is also kind of funny that it made the jump from three shoujo magazines to a seinen magazine and that's not a jump you see you see often mm. but well demographics are meaningless ish any final thoughts i mean it's short and it's clamp um and like like everybody's saying it, it's accessible um and i i like the concept of it people working in a drugstore although i don't i don't know what that has to do with what they're doing they just happen to work in a drugstore but i haven't figured out what the drugstore has to do with the jobs that they go on. So I, I don't well, know. Well, it's more along the lines that the owner of the drugstore, whose name I haven't brought up yet, that's Kake, and he's got a lover who hangs around named Saiga, um, mm-hmm. and he's the one who just sort of um, gets the jobs together and everything, and owns. They keep calling it a drugstore. I always thought it was more of a grocery store when I was reading the manga. That's what mm. they seem to be stocking. Oh, okay. Well, then it makes a hmm. little. Maybe it's like a convenience sense. store. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what it comes off. Me. Okay, then that makes because I'm like the the jobs have nothing to do with drugs, so maybe I was thinking maybe it is like just a convenience. No, store. I think they did deliver drugs once, didn't they? I thought they did. I think yeah. I mean, I, maybe it's a convenience store that also has a drug place in it. Ah, uh. it, it's <laughs> got weed flowers. Know. It's got weed leaves like all over the covers. So, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The Tokyo Pop ones had like this weird, uh, like see through ish thing that you would. Oh yeah, how about that? Yeah very strange very strange is a good way to sum up nearly any clamp series that has been produced um after Mm. 2002 or so yep so with that let's take a break and let's dive into something that's not necessarily strange but partially controversial because of the people involved in it controversial only because some people really fucking hate mario kata yeah how do you feel about mario kata i I like a lot of her stuff like not all of her stuff but i like a lot of it and um have you seen makuya yet either of you nope no Ah oh, man, like the, this lady's got chops. That it's like you will see it, and it's so amazing to think of that as somebody's first directorial work. It's good stuff. She's a double threat. She can write and she can direct. 
just can't draw or the world wouldn't be safe. (laughs) Be right back. We are back, and we're going to talk about O Maiden's In Your Savage Season, uh, written by the aforementioned controversial writer, uh, Mario Kaga, and drawn, written, illustrated, written, no, not written, uh, illustrated by Nao Emoto. Uh, this is a manga about um, five girls that are in a literature club. Uh, they read, they read, books, obviously. This is a very stupid description that I'm giving right now. Uh, <laughs> it's not stupid. <laughs> Do you need me to take over, Corey? <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. I got it. I got it. Under control. Um, they, uh, as as the, the first pages of the manga is them reading out loud a book, which is what I was getting at before, but I didn't, I didn't get to the out loud part and it just sounded stupid, but um, the the main character is named Kazusa, and she um, well all of the all of these characters are just like coming into their own as uh, people who are aware of sex as a thing, um, and the, the, one of the main um, uh, not really antagonist but person against realizing that is uh, Sonazaki, who is the president of the literature club. Uh, she's kind of prudish. She uh, wants to think of another word for sex, so they don't have to say sex out loud. Uh, and uh, basically from there shenanigans ensue. Uh, Helen, anything to add to that description? Uh, the literature club revolves around a lot of reading, you know, what's considered, you know, quote-unquote high literature, which involves, you know, mentions of sex and, you know, other romantic and sexual scenes, which the girls at the beginning of the story, anyway, don't really understand the appeal of. And yes, as somebody who had to read the first two Clan of the Cave Bear books for school at a Catholic school in ninth grade, I completely understand. <laughs> I, too, have had to read five-page sex scenes in books and been like, why? Just why? I feel like I would have fit in very well with this literature club. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, April? Would you have fit in with this literature club since you've also mentioned going to Catholic school? No, I don't think I, I would have. I, I couldn't see myself reading out loud, I think. It's an interesting club, although I feel like uh, that's just sort of the place where they meet, but then the series itself doesn't actually focus on the club itself, and I, I think I thought it was going to focus on the club, um, and I've read I think there are three volumes out, and they had them out digitally, and they were cheap or on sale or something. So I've read three, um, and it's more uh, just about sort of each character, uh, I guess, like coming to terms with their sexuality or what they think about sex or et cetera, et cetera. So I found that it didn't focus on the club a whole lot, except that they need um, – Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they need, need like their a, advisor. They need an advisor for the club uh-huh, to keep the club alive. Mm. Yeah, it's more that. along the lines of that the girls – sort of met each other through the club since it seems like a couple of the girls already knew each other but this is how the rest of them did and yes one of the girls does take to blackmailing her teacher to become the advisor for their club and the blackmail she holds over him is that this one girl hongo is trying to become you know like a real published author and apparently needs to write sex scenes in her books so she's been practicing by going to online sex chats 
and decides to meet up with somebody for, to actually have sex from one of them, and it turns out to be their actual literature teacher. Yeah, it's real awkward. But he runs away, so there's that. <laughs> I showed the first episode of this to a friend of mine recently since I've been adoring the anime, and during the scene she was just going, oh no, honey, oh honey, oh honey, oh no. <laughs> and I was just dying, like, um... Have either of you been watching the anime? I think, Corey, you mentioned it since you're familiar with the songs. I uh, haven't. Yeah, no, I haven't watched the anime. I only listen to the uh. songs. <laughs> okay, well, you were correct. The songs are good. Mm-hmm. And this may be some bias on my part just since I've seen the anime first, but I think I like the anime's execution in a better in a few ways. Like, um, So this first volume ends with Kazuya going next door. She's got, you know, a childhood best friend. His mom's out of town, so she's bringing him over some leftovers. Doesn't knock, oh, walks God. into her bed- his bedroom, and he's jacking off. <laughs> and, like, it's kind of clear in the manga that he is jacking off to, like, train grouper porn, which is yeah. real weird. And then in the anime... <laughs> Well, in both the anime and the manga, she just sort of runs screaming out of the room. She's running down the street. You know, she's had this moment where now all of the signs she can see around her look sexual. <laughs> like, Dick's Chinese food, you know, Big Wang, you know, pizza, just all kinds of stuff like that. And in the anime, the song that's playing right there is going, train, 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 train. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the scene ends with her standing on a bridge that... um on top of the train tunnel, and a train just zooms in underneath her, and she goes, it fits! It went in! <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, it, it's an amazing scene. I think it works pretty well in the manga, but I think it works even better in the anime. <laughs> and just, I've been... Uh, I actually had a copy of the first volume of the manga before the anime came out, but I didn't have a chance to read it. That's why I've seen the anime, and the anime is actually going to end this week, so it might cover the entire manga. It is escalated quite a bit by the last episode. It's great. <laughs> Um, but this is also one where I think we're going to need to give a couple of trigger warnings since uh, Nina, who is this um, somewhat aloof character, she's blonde, she's always had a problem with people um, not stalking her, but, you know, catcalling on the street, following her, etc. Um, she was in an acting trip when she was little, and the director was definitely a pedophile. Definitely interested mm-hmm. in young girls and yeah. to the point of wanting to have sex with them, except that would no longer make them girls in his eyes. And so, yeah, definitely a trigger warning for that. Um, uh, she has a talk with um, one of the characters at one point, and he's just like, I'm being so creeped out by this pedo, like, you need to stop seeing him. So the story itself acknowledges this is bad, but I can see this definitely just being not good entertainment for some folks. Well, it was mm. a little bit of a surprise. So I wasn't, I mean, I, I guess you can't go in, you don't go into it expecting that, but I was like, okay, so <laughs> that's new. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I would rather just warn people about that up front. Yeah. And also, Hongo um, is still attempting to bang the teacher. Like, it's not quite a crush at this point. It's more just sort of like a matter of determination and pride for her, I think, and possibly a crush. <laughs> She's I think just that's really an determined. way to put it. <laughs> she just really feels like she needs to have sex to write these scenes and is sort of just becoming like really obsessive about it and the teacher is just not handling this as well as he should be so no he's not (laughs) he's really not he could handle it a little bit differently yeah yeah like a love hotel has been involved yeah so so definitely some warnings there if you think the series is interesting but you're not sure if you'd be able to handle these it's totally fine if you read or watch a series and go actually this was too much for me that is totally fine this is 
a series which I think both acknowledges and understands that a lot of these relationships are problematic and not good, but it doesn't pardon them. It's just sort of a occasionally things are fucked up when you're a teenager. Also, it's kind of funny that one of the girls in the club is going, why are we supposed to like guys anyway? Girls are so soft and smell good. Well, guys are just hairy and have big pores. Going, Honey, I don't think you're straight. <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's an interesting series. I think, like I said, the literature club, it was just a way for them to kind of meet and get you into the series. Once you get into it, it really is just about a bunch of teenagers kind of coming into their own. And as uncomfortable as some of their relationships are, I guess if you're uh, I guess if you're gonna explore sex and things like that, it there's a variety of ways that that comes up in teenagers' lives. So it definitely covers um, a handful of different things. Now that you say this, it reminds me. Have both of you guys seen like the recent anime for Southerners skits on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Okay, April, I will send you these after the, uh, the <laughs> recording. I think you'll get a kick out of them. But this guy, he's described a couple of different series, and one of them is Sailor Moon. And so he's describing Tuxedo Massey at one point, like, you know how one of the girls, you know, she's dating someone who's older than her, and he kind of oh, creeps gosh. you out, and he kind of creeps everybody else out, but, you know, she's cool with this, so you're just sort of letting it hang. And he's kind of there just as a fuckboy anyway. He ain't even doing anything. <laughs> Yeah, that's I don't know when I, you said that. That just reminded me of that. That's something stuff. I didn't realize until I was more like, dude, she's like 14. And he's like, I think he's in college. In, in, the, in the manga, um, she was in middle school and he was in high school. So oh, in the oh, anime, okay, he was in college, apparently. Okay, so. okay, okay, yeah. Maybe someday we'll tell you and talk about Sailor Moon on this episode, on the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have all of the uh, old translation Kodansha ones. See, I've never been a big Sailor Moon fan, although I'm more interested in their new translations, but holy god, those volumes are enormous. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. I have one of them. What are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about Omains. Uh, yeah. <laughs> savage Maidens. Oh, They're very maidens. savage sometimes. Omains Savage. Oh, Savage um, Maidens. That's how I like calling it. I, yeah, I saw you call it that, and then I looked up Oh, Savage Maidens, and I'm like, oh, that's not what it's called. Is this the same thing? <laughs> this is my own personal nickname for it, Corey. It works. <laughs> uh, yeah. Does anyone else have anything uh, before we close off the episode? So how many episodes does the anime have? As of the recording, 11 are out, and the final episode should be episode 12 this Friday. Oh, so you think it's going to cover the whole series in just well? I think so, since I think the last chapter of the manga like just came out, and the eighth and final volume is coming out in October. So with this timing, I think it probably is. And it sounds like the end of episode 11 actually goes like right up to the end of volume 7. Hmm. So it might be condensed, but I think that there, that is the intent for this. Oh, okay. This episode that we are recording is going to be very out of date very quickly, I understand. But, you know, that's just the nature of time. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. All right. Uh, where can we find everybody online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mongeoren. Uh, every time I have to say that I'm still alive. Um, but I'm there. And you can follow me there. Uh, you can find me yelling about Oh Savage Maidens and plenty of other <laughs> anime and manga over on Twitter at Wandering Dreamer. You can also find me co-hosting my other podcast, um, the OASG Podcast. And you can find me sometimes doing reviews over on the OASG and occasionally interviews. Um, we actually had a chance to submit some questions for some of the creators of Promare um, um, when they were doing a press junket tour. And that is the most disappointing interview I've ever done in my life, and I've only ever done two. <laughs> like, <laughs> I encourage folks to take a look at just how disappointing these answers were. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. We're starting to think it may have actually been a translation issue, but we're not sure at this point. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Compassion Okay. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Mongering Your Ears. You can find all of our episodes at TechPodcast.com. That's T A I I K U. We are also on Apple Podcasts. And I just put us on Stitcher. And uh, I'm trying to get us on other platforms. Uh, no one asked for it, but I, I figure it's pretty good <laughs> to, to do that eventually. Um, oh, we apparently do have one review on iTunes right now. Oh, yeah. So you should rate and review us if you like us. Uh, if you don't like us, uh, why are you listening to it? It's kind of funny because here we've got a five star review and then the OASG has one review as well and it's three stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor OASG. Well, until next time. Bye, you guys. Bye.